we present Vacant Possession by Nigel Banks. Are you going to be all right sleeping here? It must get pretty cold in the night with no heating. It's fine. The boiler packed up just about the same time as Lillian's memory. I haven't bothered to get it repaired, being too busy at work. The place wasn't being lived in anyway, so... It's no big deal. I mean, you could stay in the travel lodge where we are. I'm sure they've got rooms available. Nah, I'm just dandy here. Got my own boiler fuel right here. Well, I don't envy you. It's damp, too. You're asking to catch pneumonia. God, you're such a wimp. Was 20 below in Maine for weeks on end last winter. Anyway, what do you care? It's not as though we're close family. We're not even family in the strictest sense. There's no blood tie. We're still connected, though, through Lillian. I mean, I know it's years since we last saw each other, and we haven't kept in touch, but it's at times like this that you really appreciate your connections. Bullshit. You're just doing what you've always done, Andrew. Bending over backwards to ingratiate yourself with everyone. I'm surprised you haven't ruptured yourself before now. The contortions you get yourself into? Well, at least I never turned my back on my family and ran away to the other side of the world. That's one contortion I never quite managed. I was wondering how long it would take you to get onto that shtick. You've been so studiously nice to me all day. Like some kind of Stepford husband. Well, I could tell all along you were itching to let me have both barrels. I must have been shocked into silence by seeing you again after all these years. Perhaps now the shock's worn off, I'm starting to remember all the hurt and damage you caused. I mean, the nerve. Waltzing back in here without a by or leave, as though you're in some kind of a time warp. Beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> I mean, what did you expect? The red carpet rolled out? Tie yellow ribbon, green, green grass of home blaring out of the speakers? Hmm, red, yellow... And green, my favourite colour scheme. That's right. Turn everything into a joke. Your flippancy may have been endearing as a teenager, but now it's just pathetic, if you don't mind my saying. If you don't mind my saying. God, I'd forgotten what a self-righteous jerk you are. Even as a kid. Oh, Lillian, you know what Scott just did? You were born in the wrong era. The Hitler youth would have suited you down to the ground. That's not fair. Anyway, I only did it because you were always trying to get me into trouble, roping me into your madcap adventures. If I remember right, you never objected to coming along. It was only after, if we got into trouble, that you'd turn on the waterworks. Naughty Scott led me astray. Boo-hoo. But you did such insane things. What about that time you stole that money from my dad's wallet and took me off to London and we ended up at Battersea Funfair? And then we got lost and only just made the last train back. Dad had the police out looking for us and Lillian was going ballistic. You had a great time that day. Don't deny it. Your first time in London? All the bright lights of the city? Going on those rides at the fair? I bought you cotton candy and a hot dog. I didn't have enough money to buy myself any food. I got sent to bed hungry when we got back, with a sore backside, too, for my sins. Yeah, well, it was pretty irresponsible of you. I was only six. Anything could have happened to us. I wouldn't let my kids do that sort of thing at that age. 
You must be such a fun dad to have around. Fun's all very well at the appropriate times, but being a good parent is an extremely serious responsibility. I pity your children. I never had any. So you can save your sanctimony. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize. I don't want your pity either. It was a conscious decision. God, after the example set me by my own parents, the last thing I ever wanted to do was replicate the mistake. I'd have made a lousy father anyway. Was it a joint decision? Excuse me? Was it a joint decision between you and your wife not to have any children? I'm not married either. Never have been. That was another conscious decision. Though I came pretty close on more than one occasion. I'd have made a lousy husband also. Yep, I've loved him and left him. And now, here I am after all these years back in the old homestead, chewing the fat with my dear stepbrother. I'm on it. Why did you never come back to see her? I don't know. I always meant to. But the longer I stayed away, the harder it got. Then there was always some reason to put it off, and so it went on. Procrastination is the thief of time. He knew I could count on you for some wise saw or modern instance. Sorry? Brush up your Shakespeare, buddy. Oh, right, yes. I never was much good at English. Part of your national heritage. You should be ashamed. So, Andrew, what is your field of expertise, then? I'm a quantity surveyor. Only for you. And what quantities do you survey? Oh, land, building sites, that sort of thing. <laughs> Rather boring, really. No, it sounds fascinating. Your sincerity overwhelms me, as usual. Hang on a minute. You said your national heritage, not our. Does that mean you don't think of yourself as English anymore? I'd probably class myself as a kind of rootless mongrel, I guess. The land of the free opened up her gates to me, as she has done to millions of other strays, for which I must be grateful. But I could never think of myself as American, no matter how long I lived there. <laughs> I remember when you used to talk about America as though it were the promised land. Yeah, well, we all go through our grass as greener stage. It took me nearly 40 years to realize that it ain't. Well, that's not strictly true. I realized it a while back. It's just taken me a long time to actually do anything about it. And what exactly have you done about it? Come home. What, for good? Yep. <laughs> what about your job? Don't have one. Your house. <laughs> God, that is so English. Your house is your castle bullshit. The last house I lived in was this one. And my old man's, of course. In the States, I've lived in lofts, trailer parks, brownstones, every kind of apartment you can imagine. Except a penthouse overlooking Central Park. I never quite managed that. Woody Allen reckoned I would have lowered the tone of the neighborhood. You know Woody Allen? Of course. I play saxophone in the same jazz band. 
That's fantastic. <laughs> Just you wait till I tell Maureen. She loves his films. Unbelievable. You are something else. And they say Americans don't do irony. What? You've lost me. No, I do not play the saxophone, nor do I know Woody Allen. Jeez, and I'm coming home to this. All right. No need to be so sarky. Oh, I never did know when to take you seriously. Yeah, you were always so easy to sucker. There I was, trying to teach you about life. But you never seemed to learn. I should have been grateful. I know I was grateful when you didn't come back from America, and I never had to share my room here with you again. Most kids look forward to the school holidays, but I never did, because I knew I'd have to put up with your bullying, your body odours and your dirty jokes. How do you think I felt? Living with my old man and whoever was his female companion of the moment, and then passed over to my mother and her new family during the vacations like some unwanted parcel. If I was a tad uncivil, then pardon me, but I think I had just cause. Yeah, well, maybe you had, but you didn't have to take it out on me. Oh, but I did. You'd gotten so cozy with Lillian, running to her at the drop of a hat with whatever scratch you picked up in the schoolyard, throwing your arms around her and sitting on her lap so she could say, there, there, sweetheart, and dabble your tears. God, it was pathetic. I blamed her more than you for being so indulgent. It was her I wanted to hurt. You were just collateral damage. Thanks a million. Well, <laughs> you must have succeeded in hurting her, because she never did get over your leaving. I knew there'd been some kind of falling out, but she would never tell me what it was about. I assumed it was your fault, and that she was protecting you because she always thought the sun shone out of your backside. I always meant to get her to tell me in later years, but then she lost her marbles, and it was too late. You really want to know? You better sit down. You remember when I was in the sixth form at high school, and I applied for college in London? Lillian was dead against me going there. She wanted me to apply for somewhere closer to here. We argued more and more as I got older, so when she tried to stop me going to London, well, of course, it just made me all the more determined. My dad wasn't bothered where I went. He was just glad to get rid of me. What did she have against London? I don't know. Maybe it had to do with her experience of growing up there during the war, or maybe it had to do with our little adventure there. Who knows? Anyhow, I got my way, and off I went. Autumn of 69. I was just a dumb kid from the sticks, so it was a complete culture shock to me. I absorbed all these new experiences like a sponge. Music, fashion, politics. I got sort of radicalized by these older students and started going on demos, doing sit-ins, all that stupid ride-on stuff that seemed so cool at the time. Lillian would not have approved of that. Are you kidding me? I remember once trying to have a serious discussion with her about Vietnam or a party, something like that, and she just wasn't interested. It was as though, having gone against her will by choosing to go to London, she felt the need to push me away from her. I wanted to spread my wings anyway, so on the surface it didn't bother me. 
but down deep, I guess it hurt. It certainly caused a rift, which then became a chasm a few months later. What happened? Did you get busted for drugs or something? No, nothing like that, smartass. I got in friendly with this third-year student called Jerry. He'd done some traveling, Turkey, Morocco, and he planned to go to Nepal with his girlfriend after he'd finished his finals. Oh, come on, come on, cut to the chase. I'm freezing my nuts off here. Okay, okay, I'm getting to it. Jerry's girlfriend didn't want to go there. She wanted to visit the States. So he gives in and buys these special deal air tickets with Pan Am. Cost about a uh, hundred pounds each, but allowed you to stop off at various places and do a big round trip. Then he has a big bust up with his woman. She's not going on the trip. So he asked me if I want to use a spare ticket. Well, being a sucker for all things American, I say yes without even thinking about it. But then, of course, I have to find the cost of the airfare plus some spending money. He reckons about 150 pounds will do it. Well, I don't have that kind of money. So I write my dad a begging letter, and he sends me a check for 20 quid, which clearly isn't anywhere near enough. 150 was a lot of money in those days. How did you get it? Foul means not fair, I presume. Give me a break, will ya? Your dad had talked about fixing me up with a, a vacation job at the factory. He was on good terms with the works manager. I thought that if I came down here and worked at the plant for like a month, I could scrape together enough dough for the trip. Okay, sounds fair enough. So, what was the problem? Did you steal the petty cash or crash a forklift truck or something? What is this? Guilty until proven innocent? No, I was so all fired up by my plan, I couldn't wait to get down here and get started. But I didn't bother to tell anyone when I was arriving. I got here about two in the afternoon. Didn't expect anyone to be at home at that time. So I let myself in with this very key, and I can hear sounds coming from up above. I call out as I come up the stairs, and I hear two voices and scuffling sounds. And your dad comes rushing out of the bedroom with a sheet around him and swearing at me. I can see in his eyes he's scared. And I just know he's got a woman in the bedroom, and it's definitely not Lillian. Suddenly, it's like role reversal. I'm the disapproving parent. He's the naughty kid caught with his hand in the cookie jar. So I find myself telling him that I'm going to take a walk around the block to give him time to get dressed and for his companion to make a discreet exit, and that when I return, we would need to have words. You don't seriously expect me to believe this crap? It's not enough that you turn up out of the blue to plague us like some mutant virus, but you have to invent filthy lies about my father? Do me a favour, Andrew, and get off your high horse, will you? Do you think I'd make up something like this? I wouldn't put anything past you. You were always out to cause trouble. We don't see hide nor hair of you for decades. And the minute you show your miserable face here, you're at it again. I don't want you anywhere near that crematorium tomorrow. Your presence is not welcome. You are an undesirable alien. <laughs> Story of my life. Mostly, you don't know your ass from a hole in the ground. But in this case, 
you got it right. By accident. I haven't got a clue what you're on about. I'm going. Hey, don't you want to hear how the story ended? I need to tell you this, so you won't have any more illusions about your dear old pa. Or Lillian, for that matter. It's only fair. What do you mean? They'd both been at it. But Lillian had been a serial offender. She cheated on my dad, that's why he kicked her out. Then, after a series of affairs with a variety of unsuitable men, she met your dad and he offered her a chance of stability. So they got married. It was never a grand passion, at least not on her side. I think she just decided to put her house in order and be respectable. What's your evidence? Or or is this just another of your made-up stories? Naughty Scott read her diary. I found it by accident one day. She must have been writing in it and left it down the side of the sofa cushion. I couldn't resist taking a peek. And what do you think? The next thing I know, I'm hooked and reading it from cover to cover. You missed your calling. You should have been a News of the World reporter. But my dad was happy with Lillian. He always behaved affectionately towards her. They never used to row, well, not seriously, until you went off to the States. They were never the same again after that. I assumed it was because she blamed him for helping you to go. But I can't believe he had an affair, still less that he did things here. What can have possessed him? He'd had his head turned by this woman who worked in the office at the plant. She was divorced and wanted some attention. She started flirting with him. Things got more serious and one thing led to another. How do you know all this? I played father confessor when I came back from my walk round the block. He told me he felt flattered and then got carried away by the excitement of it all. That old story. But he was terrified Lillian would find out. So I used that to my advantage. How? I persuaded him to help fund my trip to the States. And so for the princely sum of 300 pounds, he was supposedly guaranteed my discretion over the matter. You blackmailed him. You venal swine. I know. Not one of my proudest moments. But needs must at times. And I didn't get away scot-free, if you'll excuse the pun. Until I had to work at the goddamn plant for a month. And then your dad made up the rest of my travel fund out of his own pocket. Lillian gave me such a hard time when she found out that I was going to spend most of the vacation in America. I thought she would be glad to see the back of me, as we weren't getting along so well anymore. I guess I misread the signals. Though in my defense, he was often a bit flaky. He certainly had quite a temper on her. We had some pretty heated rows. I used to dread coming back after my shift. And she was almost as antsy with you and your dad. Yes. As usual, Scott causes trouble and the rest of us cop the flack. I couldn't wait for you to leave. I remember that. The day I was due to go, we had the mother of all arguments. She called me all the names under the sun. I called her a whore and a homewrecker, because I never really forgiven her for cheating on my dad. We both got carried away, tempers reached a pitch, and in the heat of the moment, I told her about your dad's affair.
I thought for a moment she was going to hit me. But she just came up close and hissed at me. You are dirt. You always were. And you always will be. Then she just walked away from me. Boy, was I glad to be getting away from here that day. What I didn't realize at the time, of course, was that that would be the last time I would ever see her. Or that her parting words to you would turn out to be so apt. I meant what I said about tomorrow. <laughs>